Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. Hey there, everyone. This is Jamie Davidson, and I'm excited to have a discussion here with the founder of JM3 Sports, uh, Jamie Monroe. Uh, JM3 Sports is a leader in the online remote lacrosse development and coaching space. And uh, and with that, Jamie, I'd love to just jump in and start with if you could tell us just a little bit about JM3 Sports and, and what you're doing uh, with this. Hey, thanks a lot, Jamie. Um, yeah, I'm really excited um, to be taking my passion and love for teaching, learning, sharing, talking about, thinking about, watching the sport of lacrosse and uh, bringing it to uh, the world via an online education, remote coaching, and digital platform. So it's uh, it's really been uh, an, uh, an interesting and fun foray into this, and it's really kind of the the same stuff I've all I always do, but it's just a, a brand new way of sharing the information. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, I know I'm excited to to hear you know the uh, the different sessions and the podcasts that you have planned, and and this is uh, it's really exciting to get underway and. And I know, I mean, a lot of people in the lacrosse world. It's just, I mean, a lot of people know you, and it's 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 kind of a, a family, so to speak. And uh, I'm sure there's people out there that uh, have not met met you, or maybe have kind of heard of you, and know some of your background. I mean, you've done a ton, everything from, I mean, you've coached at the Division One level with with Denver, and you've put to, ran and launched one of the largest uh, or uh, the largest uh, club lacrosse program. You've coached at the high school level, boys, girls, everything else, but. But along those lines, just for those that uh, you know aren't as familiar with you, can you give a little background in terms of what you were, you know, kind of what you have done in the in the sport in terms of some of those things I've talked about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, uh, I, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. Actually, I live in Colorado now, but uh, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. And the funny thing is, I was. I was really much a, a much bigger soccer player than I was a lacrosse player uh, growing up. Uh, lacrosse was March, April, May uh, in Providence, Rhode Island. I went to Moses Brown School, and I was kind of a soccer guy. Played a ton of pickup soccer all the way through high school, and then I went to a one lacrosse camp um, my junior year summer. And uh, all of a sudden, I got recruited, and I decided lacrosse was it for me. So from there, Dom Starja, who just retired a couple of years ago from the University of Virginia, was the head coach at Brown. I grew up in Providence. I literally could walk uh, to the field from my house. Um, and uh, I actually kind of knew Dom from the time I was about 10 years old. I was like the ball boy uh, <laughs> for the soccer and lacrosse teams at Brown. And never, you know, back then you weren't thinking about recruiting. You didn't think about anything. You just kind of played your sports. And then I went to this one camp. And next thing you know, I got recruited. Uh, I got into Brown, which was a shock to the guidance counselors at my school. They told me I should really be looking at a place like University of Rhode Island. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> OK, you know, I didn't really think too much about that either. And um, and then all of a sudden, you know, lacrosse was it for me. I went to Brown. Uh, I went to Australia. 
um, after college and coached and played there. Then I coached one year at Colorado College. And then I was lucky enough to get the assistant job at Yale University. And I was there for eight years with Hall of Famer Mike Waldvogel. And what an amazing experience that was for me. I, I learned the majority of my lacrosse, really, between 91 and 98 with this guy, Mike Waldvogel, a Hall of Fame player and a, a fantastic coach. I took the Denver job. Um, uh, in, in 1998 and moved out here to Colorado 20 years ago this coming uh, this coming uh, August um, was at Denver co- the head coach there as we transitioned from Division 2 to Division 1 and um, it was an incredibly exciting it was a startup situation I mean we like literally had we did not have a, an office we had uh, it was like all the tier B sports, which we were uh, a part of, <laughs> yep. we, we were all jammed into this old non-used dining hall in, in the first floor of a dorm. It was like a ghost dining hall. And I shared a cubicle with my assistant, Peter Hillgartner, in a ghost dining hall. And uh, we just got to work. And we treated it like we were like big time, even though we didn't have a locker room and we didn't have an office and we didn't have we didn't have anything. Um, But, you know, within five years in 2003 with our first recruiting class, we we won the the GWLL League Championship. The great Western Lacrosse League was the name of the league with uh, Denver, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Air Force, Butler. Um, and it's amazing to you where it yeah. is now, right? I, I didn't even know It was know a good that. league, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then um, in 06, we went to the first our first NCAA tournament. And then in 08, went back again to the NCAA tournament. And then um, I ended up resigning in 2009. I was – I just – I kind of burned myself out, honestly, and moved on. And I was like, didn't know what I wanted to do. And I decided – that I wanted to stay in lacrosse. It was too big of a passion not to. And I started a company called 3D Lacrosse. And and with eight years later, you know, like you said, we had 75 employees and uh, and uh, the biggest lacrosse company in the history of lacrosse companies. And but you know, I'm I'm really kind of like an entrepreneur. And um, I my wife and I started 3D Lacrosse, you know, pretty much from the kitchen. And um, as it got that big, we just decided, you know, we wanted to a new start. So decided to get into this whole digital world. I sold my shares and moved on to, uh, JM three sports. And, you know, honestly, um, it's just been incredibly exciting and, uh, it gets me up early in the morning because I just love it. And it allows me to, to do what I love to do, which is talk about lacrosse. And so, um, you know, now I also coached pro lacrosse with Dave Huntley last year. Uh, Dave uh, died uh, tragically last uh, December, but he and I coached together. So I coached uh, with the Atlanta Blaze with him, and and, and I coached high school lacrosse for five years. Um, I got three kids. Um, my son is a freshman in North Carolina. My one of my older daughter is a freshman at the University of Oregon, and then my youngest is um, is a freshman in high school. And they're all lax players. I've coached all of them. Uh, and, uh, so w- thankfully, um, you know, we've got a, a family that all likes lacrosse cause it makes it easier for me that they all enjoy it. Um, and, uh, my wife likes it too. So we got kind of a lacrosse family. Yeah, that's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, you've got it covered from, uh, so many different angles, both as a, uh, a player, a coach and as a parent and along those lines as, you know, from a, from a parent and player perspective, how about just, you know, for, Kind of what what do you see for this podcast? Kind of what do you hope people get out of it? Whether you're a parent or player, kind of what do you what's your your thinking around that? As you you know this this session here, but also uh, 
future episodes. Yeah. So my vision for this podcast was going to be that for people that whose kids play, who are interested in lacrosse, it's going to be an opportunity for them to both be entertained by by funny stories and, and, and great guests and also educated on so many of the the, the tricks of the trade of, of youth sports in general and lacrosse specifically, everything from, you know, my, my son or my daughter loves lacrosse. What should I do to help them be better all the way through to, you know, recruiting and, and which is such a, uh, you know, it's, it, it literally recruiting changes every single minute. It's such a fluid situation with rule changes and with spots, but, but there's certain consistencies with regard to recruiting that everybody kind of needs to know. And it's going to be something that we touch on uh, a fair amount. Um, but not so much like, you know, there's no guarantees. It's more like, you know, just understanding the process and what you need to really try to focus on, which, which in the end, Jamie is, is like having a love for the sport and, and, and then trying to be good enough at the sport so that somebody might want to recruit you if you wanted to play at the next level. Um, just current events and people, interesting stories, life lessons. Um, I mean, there, there's like literally a million topics that you can discuss. But with this one, it's really trying to co- combine education um, with uh, entertainment. Yeah, that's great. I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, listening to all the uh, all the episodes. So let, let's I'm going to put you on the spot, jump into a couple things. You mentioned players and and you know, kind of there's a life cycle of where where players are both players and parents because I know myself as a, a former player and a and a current high school coach and everything else and, and youth coach. Yeah, I know how involved the parents want to be just because a lot of times they, they a lot of people just really like the sport too. Even if they haven't played it, they get involved. And so you know, a lot of times I'll see a lot of parents that you know, they just want to learn more about the sport and understand. Um, and then obviously there's different stages where people are in their development or players are. There's kind of the the beginner stage, maybe a little more immediate, and then there's more advanced. But along kind of going back to the beginner stage, I mean, if there's listeners here, uh, both uh, parents and or players, you know, early on, you know, for those that are just getting started with the sport or maybe they're, you know, two years or less with the sport, um, any, any kind of big picture perspective or, you know, kind of advice you'd have for, for someone either as a player or a parent who's just, you know, really early on to, to the sport? Yeah, well, I think that the biggest thing is, is that, um, and this is sort of, a, I'm, I'm really on this, uh, on this, uh, on this kick of, of, of bringing back the sandlot. You, you, Jamie, <laughs> and I've talked a lot about this, but you know, Hey, listen, most of us that are, that have kids, uh, that are playing, they're playing sports right now. We kind of grew up playing sports in a different way than our kids are. We grew up playing sports with our friends in the neighborhoods, in the sandlot, and they were pickup games. And, um, I, I really believe that what what has happened is the Sandlot has been overtaken with scheduled organized activities, and these activities are important and they're great and there's there's great opportunities, um, and um, I call it the youth sports machine. People plug in, and then they hope for the best. And my advice to anybody, and this is not just relative to lacrosse, and it's not actually even specific only to people that are kind of new to lacrosse, but when you plug into the youth sports machine, you need to be evaluating some things and you need to understand that the sandlot works. 
It always has. And it never fails because what it does is it give, it teaches kids how to play the game and how to play it well and how to fall in love with the game and how to you, – you, you know, it's more of like – problem solving in real time when you play little games as opposed to having somebody tell you to do something you're learning how to use skills that you may not even know you have because you're solving the problem of playing this game and it's true with every sport and so my my biggest piece of advice to everybody is this Yes, we all have to plug into the youth sports machine no matter what because there are opportunities for full field play and competition and moving up the ranks that that exist there. But I can tell you that you know, when I grew up, I, I didn't count on my coaches to teach me how to be a great soccer player or a great lacrosse player. I did it on the sand lot. And I think the, the biggest piece of advice is if you can figure out ways to get your kids playing sports – with their friends in the backyard in these pickup situations, you will be blown away by how quickly they improve. People will say, oh my gosh, what did you do? Like how did how did your son or daughter get so good? And it's because you and I've done the stats on this. You will get 10 times more touches on the sandlot than you will in a regular game. And you might even get that same amount in a lot of the practices. If you ever went to a practice and counted the touches of your son or daughter of the ball in the sport of lacrosse, and then you counted the same touches in a, in a one-hour game in the sandlot, I think you're going to see about a 10 times greater advantage uh, of touches in the sandlot. And it's why when we grew up, Jamie, we could be multi-sport athletes because we got good at everything because we were getting good. We were getting 10 times the touches than what kids are now. So my piece of advice is understand what you're plugging into and understand that if you can combine a, a good program with great pickup game opportunities I think you can be world class from yeah. anywhere and like I don't care whether you're from Baltimore or Georgia or China <laughs> you could be great at the sport of lacrosse by playing pickup games. That's such great insight and it's one it's like I try to remind myself I was I was talking to my wife about that actually that exact point that you that you had made shared that before and about uh, you know cuz it's it's hard to actually realize but it makes so much sense when you think about it but just the amount of touches that you get and we she's she's a big tennis player and she was talking about she's like yeah it's exactly in tennis it's about you know how many reps and how many times you get it that you've got to get those those reps so it's such an interesting point that i think is is missed so often in lacrosse because it's a little bit different than uh nowadays with with uh scheduled practices and clubs and everything else totally yeah so it's it's uh, such a great insight and you know it's right the next question i was going to ask which you you kind of mentioned at the tail end of your, your question there, which was, you know, one of the things I think a lot of parents also try to figure out, uh, which relates to, uh, you know, you and I are both from the Northeast growing up there, but we've also both moved to kind of non-traditional areas. And so, you know, right now, or historically, a lot of thinking is you've got to be from, you got to be from the Northeast, like the New Yorks or Long Islands, Baltimore, um, you know, for a player to get great at lacrosse, and and you started touching upon that, uh, you know. So I'd love love your take. You know, and even with the work you're doing now with JM3, your own 
your own take from that, whether you live in Iowa or New Mexico, or you actually mentioned China, which is, you know, I kind of laughed at it, but I know that's, I know you're serious about that. But, uh, but yeah, I'd love to get your, your take around that, you know, in this day and age now compared to, you know, maybe in the past, it probably, maybe that was more the case. You had to be from certain areas, but uh, just thoughts around that. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the game is growing and coaches are recruiting athletes um, from anywhere. Um, there's sort of this combination of they want the best athletes with the best skill and the best IQ that they can find. And ideally, they would get kids from that IQ perspective that have played pretty good lacrosse somewhere. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you can if you can work at this and have a plan for how you want to get better, you'll be able to find a club team. You could be from Iowa and you could come play on a club team in Colorado, or you could be from Arkansas where there's very little high level lacrosse and go play in, in a really good team from Dallas. That, that part isn't hard. Finding a good team to play on to get some exposure, you know, if you're a good player, that's not going to be difficult uh, to find that opportunity. The, the hard part is getting a plan that's going to get you to the point where you're even good enough to do that. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about what I'm doing with JM3 Sports, though, is because I, I, I part of it is just understanding what to do and having a plan. There, there are so many hardworking people out there. And if you're a hardworking kid or you have a hardworking kid and it's like, man, my kid is out there shooting, you know, two hours every day. Well, imagine if they actually took that, took that effort and, and, and funneled it right into like a plan that helped them get better. Now, sometimes you live in an area where you can go to a great practice, um, but for the most part, to learn what to practice, to learn what to do is, is the, the thing that most people stall out on. And it's why they, they kind of spin their wheels and why there's so many kids playing lacrosse, but there's not a lot of great lacrosse. And yeah. so, you know, the answer is no matter where you are, you can use the resources of the Internet. You can play. I, I mentioned playing pickup games. You can find a great club program that can help get you playing really good lacrosse. Um, and, you know, you've whether it's whether it's going on YouTube and watching the best players in the world or, you know, subscribing to JM3 that's going to help you actually piece this all together there. The information is out there. The yeah. biggest thing that everybody misses, though, is the unstructured play. If you're going to rely on the youth sports machine to develop you, mm -hmm. there's a really good chance you're not going to be good enough. Yeah, because it's going to require that you have somebody like like I coached all, my kids all the way through, you know, um, and all of their friends got opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have gotten because I was able to help them. I, I could I could kind of get it done, and even yeah. without the sandlot. A certain level of coaching can get it done. Now, if you add the sandlot to it, it's clearly going to be better. Um, but if you don't have those types of connections, uh, you better you better figure out a way to play uh, some pickup games. And if you're interested in that, go to my website. There's all kinds of uh, information on uh, www. Um, greatestoffense.com opt in there and you, I'll get you on an email address that'll send you all kinds of stuff and jm3sports.com lots of information but but the, the, the great news for everybody honestly is that is you can get this done no matter where you are and yeah. it takes work like anything else and it will take a plan, but it's pretty cool that I, I, I believe you can be good enough, skilled enough. And if you're a good enough athlete and you work hard enough at it, you can learn the IQ and then you, you'll find that uh, you'll find that club team to play on and get your opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such great perspective and advice. And I'm, 
guilty of it, so to speak, as a, as you know, a parent and a, you know, my own my own boys, and you know, it's just interesting as you, you talk about the Sandlot and those perspectives because you know, I think honestly, it is it is what I've seen is you know, most of the parents I've come across as a coach or just you know, some look to me for some advice at times is and myself included. It's just it's hard to know, and, and I know you've kind of mentioned this, and I've kind of learned from you around this is uh it's really just kind of the question people like you know they're not looking for i'd I'd say most people i've come across they're not looking for like crazy unrealistic expectations that they all think that their kid can play at play at duke or something but but they just don't know and in some cases their kids are you know are really athletic or really good and they just don't or maybe they could play for duke if they had the right you know we're on the right plan and that's that's what i found especially in these areas where you know it's there's not generations and generations of lacrosse but they're really passionate about it and even myself, as a you know a former player and and the coach at the level, it's hard for me to tell because it's just hard to to have that experience. And it's uh, it's great to have someone like yourself and and others in the realm that can really you know kind of help point people in the right direction and give kind of a, a realistic plan. So I think that's uh, that's great well, advice. I'm, yeah, I'm living it too because <laughs> you know like with my son. You know, did he play club lacrosse along the way? Sure. I mean, I own the company he played. <laughs> but but the thing is, is that is that he spent his summers up in Canada playing box lacrosse. Yeah. This summer, I think, is his ninth or tenth summer going up there. So starting when he was 12 years old. Now, he lived with grandma and grandpa in, in Niagara on the Lake Ontario. So it worked out, you yeah. know, it was a little bit more of a normal, you know, scenario of living with family than billeting at tw- age 12. But, um, but the fact of the matter is, is that I did that because I know that the Canadian box lacrosse model is a better model than the United States field lacrosse model for development. It's not that the coaches are better. It's just that the sport itself is uh, is a sport that develops skills at a higher level than than field lacrosse. And uh, likewise, that's the advantage, same advantage of pickup games. It's smaller sided with more touches, a smaller goal, and you learn how to play. And so with my daughter, I have a ninth grader and, you know, I don't know, if she, you know, how good she's going to be. Is she going to be able to follow in the footsteps of her brother and sister and play division one lacrosse? I don't know. She's hoping so. But I can tell you that last August, when I started really diving into this stuff, I, I thought to myself, well, what should we do? She plays, you know, she plays a fall sport like a lot of our, our kids do. All we did was one pickup game a week for about an hour and 15 minutes, all the way from August through December. And we just played one game a week. And what I did is I went out, I was like, all right, I'm going to get a couple boys to show up. I actually paid these boys that I coached. I coached Mountain Vista High School the last five years, and a couple of these kids played for me. I'd pay them 20 bucks each. I'd be like, guys, it's like a private lesson, but you're, all you're doing is playing. And they're like, sweet. And they, but they loved it. These boys, we had freshmen, girls, senior girls, senior boys, me. We Sometimes we had like a, a box lacrosse goal with a fully strapped on box goalie in the streets. We called that street box. And sometimes we played with a little three by three net. We played a million different games, sometimes two on two, sometimes three on three, sometimes four on four. Sometimes it would be like an uneven situation because one one of the defenders might have to play net. So if it was like a three on three and you didn't have an all time goalie, one team on defense, one player on the defensive team would have to jump in the goal. So it makes it an all time three on two. But the point I'm making is all of these environments are just awesome for 
first of all, they're just so fun. But second of all, I watched these kids. These boys were Division One commits, by the way. One going to Cornell, one going to Utah. Yeah. They got so much better at lacrosse. And they were playing with like ninth grade girls. <laughs> so it's not just like you don't have to just necessarily have like the great – people get caught up on the competition. Part of it is just playing. And, um, and, and, and the reason why it's so special is – and I'll tell you this. This is really interesting. Almost every player out there that's good has the skills. They've got a lot of skills. The question isn't do they have the skill. The question is do they have the presence of mind, courage, ability to recognize the opportunities to use their skills. And I believe that's where you figure it out is on the sandlot in a pickup game. When you're getting so many more reps, you're getting 10 times more dodges, cuts, feeds, shots, moves than you would get in any practice. And there's nobody there that's going to yell at you if you make a mistake. And it just gives you this opportunity to get be creative. Tahoka Nanticoke, you ever heard of him? Absolutely. <laughs> well, probably the best freshman in the country, probably top five, ten players in the country. A Native American plays box across for Six Nations. And if you ask him one of his big influences, it's it's the backyard. All, all the Native Americans yeah. play more backyard lacrosse than organized lacrosse. And the organized lacrosse they do play is all box. And guess what? <laughs> per capita, by far, the, be- the best – the best uh, uh, group in the world because they, 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 they don't have very many players and they've got a, several of the best in the world. Um, and yeah. that, that's their model. It's pickup games and box lacrosse. And our country is stuck plugging into the youth sports machine where we go play full field sports and we get no touches and we wonder why we're not that good and people end up quitting at young ages. Yeah, that's uh yeah, just incredible, incredible perspective. That's uh, yeah, really, really highlights it well. I mean, you know, another thing that I've heard you through our discussions is around coaching. I'd love to get your take, and it's interesting. You've it's along the lines of, and it's again, it's it's made me pause and reflect on my own perspectives as well too. Is again, as a parent, as a parent of kids, while well, I'm also coaching, but you know, sometimes. You know, a lot of parents talk to, and it's not just lacrosse, it's really probably any sport, right? Nowadays they're so hung up, you know, on how the quality of their coaching. And obviously coaching is huge and it, it makes it can make a big difference. But um, I'd just love to get your perspective around, you know, coaching. Because sometimes you're going to have a, you know, a great coach and sometimes you're not and so forth. But just any perspective uh, around that and any perspective you think parents should try to keep in mind or players for that matter? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, um, and I've, I've, I'm, I'm on all sides of this. You know, I've coached at every single level. Um, you know, I, the, some people love you, some people hate you. Yeah. You know, I, what, the one thing I always tried to do as a coach was try to, like, make sure that I did a good job of helping my players become better and helping them become better people and, and, and try to be there for them. Um, and I think that what parents need to do is, is a couple things. One separate winning and losing from from is from from fun and development and make make sure that you've got these different pods because in the end who really cares if you win or lose i mean it's nice to win and it's no fun to lose but but at the end of the day um you know like if you're if your kid's enjoying it and they're working hard at it 
and they can't and their team isn't that good or the coach isn't as good at making adjustments at halftime as he could well you know what um it's it's not the worst thing in the world to, to lose um the development piece is something that i want you to think hard about if you're a parent because if your child loves the sport and works really hard at it you really got to think about like am am i as the parent putting my kid in the best opportunity to get better so when you're looking for a club program you want to find the best coaching, but sometimes you have no choice because it's you're in a town program or you're at the high school and it's just going to is what it is. You know, it's funny, Jamie, when I grew up and when you grew up, the quality of, we didn't even talk about our coaches. Our parents never talked about our coaches. Were yeah. our coaches better back then? Is that why? Probably not. They're probably better now. But you know what? Because everyone is plugged into the youth sports machine now, you're counting on the coaches to do everything for you. To give you an experience, yeah. to, to, to make you the player you need to be, to win the games and all this stuff. And and the truth of the matter is, is that if you can if you cannot worry about the development because you're you've got a, a good enough plan, that's to me, that's what everybody should be stressed out about is like, is is my child developing yeah. or or not? And the truth is, is that I didn't need my high school coaches to develop me in soccer because I was doing it all the time anyways. And so that comes back to a plan for getting better as well as um, the sandlot and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, in, in the end, great coaching is going to make a difference for you. Just like playing pickup sports is going to make a difference for you. And if you have both of those, it's absolutely ideal and you should search for that. But if you had to choose one, if I had to choose one, and I am kind of now, I'm choosing Sandlot over everything else for my youngest um, because I just know that what it does. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, she, she you know, her team lost 15 to three last night. I, I you know, I, I would have liked to have seen it be more competitive or win or whatever. But at the end of the day, she's loving her team. I know that she's getting better at lacrosse. And I'm just not going to worry about anything else. And I think that if the parents can like put put it into those three buckets and really realize that winning and losing is, is the least important of the buckets and the most important is fun and development. If you can get those things covered and you figure out a plan for how to do that, you know what? I think you can be uh, you can be pretty you can be pretty happy because it's not that hard to figure it out. Yeah, it's such a. Uh that's such such a golden nugget that you shared that, that last topic. I mean, it just it's something that you know, especially when you took it back to thinking of our own coaches and you know, think of our own parents' interaction with our coaches. It just it just hits home so much because you're, I mean, you're completely right, right? I played at a pretty good high school and and you know, I was being recruited at the Division One level, and, and my father, I don't think, I ever talked to even my my uh, high school coach. And again, culturally, it was different then too. But I think it's. Right. It's such a great takeaway too. Is I think what I hear a little bit you're saying too is, you know, I think sometimes parents get so caught up and you know whether you have a, the perfect coach or not, so to speak, and that in some way I kind of hear you saying, hey, no matter what the situation is, you, we can kind of as a, a player and parent take accountability in this day and age, and you know there's kind of more ways than than one to navigate it. You can kind of steer towards success and fun and sandlot regardless of the circumstances. Well. What I'm hearing you also say is, of course, you want to try to find the best situation for, in terms of coaching, but of it's not the end-all, be-all. So it's I, not. It's not going to kill you. I mean, at the end of the day, like you know, it's funny. I, I was out there playing with the kids this whole fall with 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 my uh, my daughter, 
And uh, I'm 50, just turned 51 years old. I, I got better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I got better at lacrosse this fall. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I learned some things. And I, I, I learned some new moves and some new fakes and some new finishes. I got better at finishing um, because we had a real box goalie in there and fully padded up with a tennis ball and a crease. And it's right in front of the house. And, and guess what? We got all those touches without having to go anywhere. You know, we were just like right in front of the house on a Sunday afternoon from 3 to 4.15 you know, right before I'd go in and try to watch the Patriots play or something. And, and that was what the fall was. And um, I got all the film to prove it. You know, I filmed yep. every single last bit of it. You know, that's another thing, Jamie, is that like if you're not using video, you don't really know what what you're doing well, what you're not doing well, what you could do better. And because I'm in this business, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get these street box games going and I'm going to film them and I'm going to look at how many skills are being used. And I was actually doing video assessments of players based on street box. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was the best environment ever. Um, And so, uh, so it's, it's really funny. Most people, here's what people, people will say that was like, "Ah, I can't do it. I don't know anybody. You know, we can't get anyone to come out and play. And, um, you know, those are the same people that, you know, probably aren't just going to get it done anyways um, because it does take a little bit of work. But I can tell you this, whether it's uh, paying a couple kids 20 bucks to show up and be like private lessons, uh, because that's all it really is, is like a private lesson with playing little games. Um, but, but you can find it, you can make it happen. And what you'll find is that you will develop a core of people that are as into it as you are, and they will want to show up all the time. And so, um, I, uh, I really recommend it. it. It is so much fun. And you know what the best is, James, is when, when, when I was watching like my daughter battling with this junior boy in high school who's going to Cornell, battling for a ground ball, and if she came up with it, yeah. she'd like be laughing while she's running away trying to <laughs> evade his over-the-head check, which yeah. you, know, you can't even do in girls across. But the, the, the laugh out loud, I got the ball, I'm running away, that you, that you remember back from the playground, it happens like 10 or 20 times a game in these games. Um, and uh, it's just really cool. It's just It's just so – authentic of what it's all about and and when you think about it as hey this is actually the best thing i could possibly do is actually the most fun and free it's kind of interesting yeah it's uh yeah it's just inspiring to hear hear you talk about it and i love the idea too about being creative and just getting getting people to come together to play that pickup is uh that in itself is great because uh like i said you know which high school? What high school player is not going to want to come for a couple bucks and just come play? But right, if you got teaching, it. that's genius. I didn't have, I never, never even thought of it that way. Jamie, uh, you know what I would do? This is kind of a, a, a it's not off the topic. This yeah. is for the parents of kids that are that are you know y- younger. I'd say uh, twelve and under, mm-hmm. ten and under, ideally. I would not plug into the youth sports machine. I don't think I'd plug in at all until I was probably about fifth grade. And what I would do. 100% is I would get a when starting when the the kids boys or girls were like 5 6 7 I would say hey hey Colin you want to play in a 3 uh, on 3 soccer tournament and he'd be like yeah I'm like okay good let's get a couple friends together and let's sign up for a 3 on 3 soccer tournament <laughs> and then we'll have um we'll play a little in the backyard we'll have some practices and and then you just start playing three on three with your kids. And then you're like a month later, like, Hey, you want to sign up for a three on three basketball tournament? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And if there is none, then like make one be like, Hey, we're going to have a three on three basketball tournament. Tell a few of your friends, you know, 
when your kids are young, you've got millions of friend groups, right? Yeah. And and instead of plugging into the youth sports machine, because like my kids all played soccer and they're all terrible because they, <laughs> they, they they literally like I would watch them at practice, like do nothing for the whole practice. And and I, I could take care of it in lacrosse. But if I had done this, all of my kids would be good at a lot of different sports the same way I was, because it doesn't when you get 10 times the touches and more realistic touches, you can imagine you're going to get better 10 times faster. And all of a sudden you can do this with all these different sports and you could actually be more than just proficient. You could be good at all the sports. And then when, when you're like fifth grade and sixth grade and you want to like get serious and start playing full field and sign up, I'm not saying you should never sign up for a rec team, but I'm saying that if you, if, if I could do it all over again, I would do the, I would create a sandlot core and I would do it in all these different sports. And the way we would compete would be to sign up for these one day or two day little small sided events that are exist all over the place. If you, if you look up three on three soccer, they got these things all over the place and you go and you just play. And, um, and the kids will love it, you know, whether they win or lose, they don't even care. They're going to be all fired up for their little event. And, and it just, it's, it, it allows you to have total control over everything. And, um, I just think it's such a cool model that I wanted to share that. Yeah, that's, uh, again, uh, great value, great, great advice. And, uh, and I also heard you talk a little bit earlier back in the conversation about how you got better yourself. So, yeah, I think my I think my takeaway is anyone looking for a uh, 50, 50 year older uh, <laughs> former All American uh, lefty, right? A left hander as well. Lefty. I got my face dodge finish down. I sent you some of those videos, <laughs> yeah. didn't I, James? Incredible. Yeah, no, it's, uh, of course I showed it to my son, and we uh, we we definitely leveraged the. Uh, I mean, the content you put out is is incredible. You're uh, it, it's it's so clear. It's a true passion of yours, and it's not a passion of yours. Occasionally, you live and breathe this stuff. I mean, seven days a week, right? So that's, uh, which is pretty cool. I thought, you know, the next thing along those this, those lines is, you know, again, I know you're going to have lots of different episodes and different topics and different guests and everything, but maybe just take a moment and share a little bit about how you've, you know, maybe over the last year been able to help certain people. I know you've worked with, you know, people from all over the country, even globally you can work with, but I know you've worked with people at the current college players, boys and girls. Just any perspective on how, you know, just kind of directly, how have you been helping people out with their with their game and give some people perspective and what's possible uh, for themselves? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, first of all, helping people and 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 whether it's friends or people I don't know, you know, it's it's fun and that's what coaching's all about. And you know, you've got different sort of levels of of helping out like you know there's there's been countless i mean literally hundreds not thousands of kids that i've helped get recruited whether they were my players or whether i didn't even know them you know because if i see a player who's really good and i'm I'm friends with all these you know all all these division one coaches are guys that i kind of came up the ranks with for 20 years i coached division one so if i see a great player I'll just call Joe Bresci and be like, hey, Bresci, this this guy's great. Or Lars Tiffany, the head coach at Virginia, and I, you know, we're captains together at at Brown. And I'm I'm always kind of looking around and and people like, wow, that's so nice of you. But, you know, like those those coaches are my buddies and (laughs) I love hooking them up if I can. Yeah. Uh, So so it kind of can happen that way. But but then specifically, as I was sort of going down this path of um, trying to figure out how can I leverage my knowledge and passion for teaching over the, over uh, a digital platform and through remote coaching, I started taking game films really of just my friends, kids, 
And I'd be like, hey, hey, send me, you know, I did it for your son. So send me, send me a game, send me three game films, and I'll go through and I'll, I'll pull out clips and put them in a, in, a, in, a, in the, in order of, you know, let's say dodging and shooting and feeding and off the ball, and I'll pull out clips of stuff that they did really well, things that they should do more of, stuff that they should do less of, things that they need to work on. Um, off-ball concepts that um, you know that that are that are both simple, but you know maybe 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 something there you wouldn't hear. And this is kind of where the coaching piece, you know, like you know, it, it, it almost doesn't matter if you can like get great coaching from a remote source. You can learn stuff that that maybe your your youth coach, your high school coach, or club coach, you know didn't have time to tell you or didn't tell you, or it doesn't even matter why, but just to learn these things. Um, and so I started to do this. I would, I would create a movie. I would voice it over. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I, I learned how to annotate and I used a couple of different platforms and I kept doing it for these players. And I did it for some college players, like this girl who's going to be an all American at Northwestern this year. Um, and, um, I do it, you know, I, I started moving, moving on. And then I started doing stats. Remember, you know, I'm talking yeah. about the, this, uh, statistic of street games being 10 times more touches. Well, that's because I decided, well, if I'm going to have editors edit these game films down for me, how am I going to keep quality control? What if they don't pick something that I would have picked? So I decided to have them stat everything out so that now they're looking at touches and off-ball movements, what off-ball movements, how many off-ball movements on a per-possession basis. Um, How much time did you have the ball in your stick? How many shots? How many dodges? What dodges? How many times did you move off the ball when, or did you not move off the ball when you should have? We're even, we're even looking at that on the defensive side. We're looking at position, posture. How many times did you turn your head? Think about it. Every coach says head on a swivel, right? Every coach says get sideways so you can see your man and see the ball. Yeah. But why not have a stat where you actually like say like you know and create a standard? You know, well you're you're turning your head on the average. You know. 85 times a game, the, the, the best players are doing it 230 times a game, you know, where you turn your head like twice in the whole game, you know, there's some pretty, pretty eye-opening stats. And so my point here is that we're evolving the usage of video and stats to try to help people's games get better. And my eye for what's happening is going to be different than somebody else's. And, yeah. um, I think that what I've kind of done my whole career is study what the best players in the world and the best teams in the world are doing and then figuring out how to teach them. And the first step of teaching is pointing it out. And so if you're a player and, you know, you may have a lot of skill, you may not recognize the opportunities to use them. Um, You may be doing one thing you know one time a game and you should do doing that 10 times a game and you'd be so much more productive if you just made these little changes you know honestly most of the kids are really good and if they just made a minor adjustment to 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 what they already do they're they'd be in such a better position to be more productive and and at the same time everyone's got a ton of things to work on and when you sort of add these two together the Right here, right now, make these little adjustments and you're going to be in way better position. And then let's work on some of these things to make your strengths even stronger and to shore up some of the weaknesses. Um, It can make just a massive difference to players. And the feedback I've gotten has just been off the charts. Yeah, that's – and I I can totally relate because the – you know, when I had sent the video 
I think it was just it was just one tournament from for my oldest son, who's, who's still pretty young. He's middle school, but I remember when I got it back and myself again as someone who's coached a lot, at least at the uh, you know the middle school level and now the high school level. When I got the footage back or, or the details that you looked at, saying that this is footage that I had looked at a bunch of times, just because one as a parent, I think you mentioned it's, it is a lot of fun to watch your kid play and, and as you look at highlights and it was great but when you the feedback that you sent back was uh was just incredible because it was such a different perspective and it was you know a mix of i mean your style by natural you're you're, you're very encouraging and positive but also to the point and it was just interesting to myself as much as i've been around the sport at different levels how you know sometimes it can be something simple or just something that i would just not you know, i never would have thought of to teach him those things but once i heard you describe it you know, it made sense to me, and it's very easy, and it also makes a lot of sense to him that it was in this case it was probably about a a thirteen minute video back of feedback uh, through a slew of his games, and it was just uh, it was incredible. Actually, we used it for for months and months, and still to this point, you know, it's just once once you can point it out, as you kind of talk about it, you can easily make it your own. And now it's like, okay, now I know this. There's so much more, you know, for me to learn as a coach, and and uh, certainly for my boys as players. But it's uh, but it's so cool because until that point, you know, and probably back in the day, you didn't really have access. And that you talk about the ability with technology and the line to have someone like yourself be able to share these insights with players and, and parents is just uh, it's incredible. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, and and it's uh, it's it's really fun to do, um, and um, it's 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 pretty awesome. The, the the greatest thing is when you see somebody who who takes that step. And, yeah. um, and, you know, you point these things out and then all of a sudden they make the adjustments. This, this friend of mine's daughter, one of the, one of the first kids I did this for was a lefty. Uh, um, she's a 2019 and, um, she really was not getting a whole lot of looks. And, um, I, I, I gave him two pieces of advice. I was like, for one thing, I was like, man, look, have, have your daughter, um, reclass. Because because she's already missed the boat on the class of 2019. This is bef- the class yeah. of 2019 is the one class that didn't get the benefits of these new NCAA recruiting rules that has banned contact until September one junior year. So all these 2019s committed as freshmen. So here she is, so summer after sophomore year, and like literally, there's nobody even going to look at her. So I just said, I don't. I, I said I said to my friend, this is my high school buddy that I was played lacrosse and soccer with in high school. I said I said, Min, have Natalie. Um, reclass. Just plan on if she gets recruited as a 2020, and she's a great student, a good player. If she gets recruited, then just go ahead and be a 2020, go to a PG school. Um, but but even if she doesn't want to do that, you're going to be able to get more looks because no one's going to look at the class of 2019. And then secondly, you're a lefty. You need to do these three things. You know, A, get to your side of the field. B, initiate your dodges, you know, with your left hand, not your right hand. She was like, somebody told her along the way that you're a lefty, so always put it in your right hand and split to your left, which is bad advice. You want to make them take away your left, and if they do that, you can split to your right. Um, and use these angles. And, 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 and next thing you know, she tears it up last summer. She gets all these offers, at first only as a 2020, including from Ivy League schools. And now – she's they're like hey actually we we want you as a 2019 so now she's going to an ivy league school as a 2019 when one year ago right now getting no looks and this was just a a simple couple of adjustments she's the same kid yeah you know this it wasn't like some major makeover 
this was just simply like a couple adjustments in their plan. And then, you know, this girl who's a good player and a great student all of a sudden has the opportunities that she was hoping for. That's a great story. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's got to be really rewarding <laughs> for yourself, too. I think about it. I mean, that's just, I mean, you're making such a huge impact. I know you've done that, to, you know, impacted a lot of lives in that way. But that's, uh, that's a great example, especially using the exact approach that you're, you're helping with people now. So um, truly, truly incredible. And I know that, you know, the point of these, these uh, the podcasts here is you're going to share a lot of different things. But I, I'm certain on this, this topic here, there's people listening right now that, are saying, yeah, I want that. How do I do that? You know, how do I yeah. get your help on that? Um, to you know, and I know at the end we'll, we'll share in terms of content. But just for those that are thinking that right now, I mean, uh, you know, shoot you an email. Or what would be a way for those? And I know it's you know, it's incredible those that you work with because you're, uh, I mean, you, you're very hands on in your approach. But for those that are thinking, hey, I want, I want to be able to access right now. What can I do? Um, and how would someone go about getting getting a hold of you for that? Yeah, so uh, you can email me at uh, J Monroe, and that's M U N R O at JM3Sports.com. Uh, you can opt in at uh, greatestoffense.com. And uh, if you go to that website, then you'll get on our mailing list and you can get all kinds of, you know, I do a weekly email that people like. It's pretty funny and it's amusing and it's good, good uh, lacrosse information, uh, whether you're a parent, a player or a coach. I think you'll like it. Um, and um, and then um, we have a really cool recruiting webinar that's coming up uh, that's going to come out here real soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, JM3sports.com is our website. And so you, you should be able to track me down and track that stuff down. But, you know, the way this sort of uh, uh, podcast went today is, is it's going to be kind of similar. There's there's good stories. There's good information. It's fun to talk about. And um, I really appreciate uh, you uh, coming on and, and asking me all these questions and helping me get it going. Great stuff, Jamie. Again, uh, a ton of a ton of gold and, and value in there. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So great stuff, Jamie. And uh, look forward to, to listening to all the uh, the other episodes as well. All right. Hey, have a great day and thanks for everything. Thank you.